0: Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold.
1: Hey, hoopheads! We appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock a Few Buck, Three Hundred Five Culture, Spanning the Spurs, hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path. Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, L.A. Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoop Heads podcast hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. With promo code Hoopheads to get twenty percent off. Hey
0: everybody, welcome back. I'm your host Justin Matcham. In here with me again tonight, Amadou so, Dan Galinsky from King James Gospels. Guys, how are you tonight?
2: I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah, doing
0: well. Thanks for having us. No problem, no problem. A uh, little bit of a rough stretch here for the Cavaliers uh, since we last talked. Cavaliers have lost to both the Knicks and the Timberwolves. The Knicks loss was, well, they were both ugly ones. The Knicks was 102 to 81. The Knicks defense held the Cavs to 81 points. And then uh, against the Timberwolves, it was 109 and 104. Possibly two of the worst outings from the Cavaliers this year. Obviously, you know, the Celtics one was bad as well. But really, kind of, especially going into, you know, this kind of stretch where we were looking at the Timberwolves as You know, a couple of games here where the Cavaliers could pick up a couple easy wins. Again, just did not look good. Um, And I guess we could just kind of start there. Uh, Amadou, we'll start with you. Just kind of looking at, you know, these two games in general. What do you think went wrong? Like, why did the Cavaliers struggle as much as they did against these two teams?
2: Mm -hmm. I feel like for both these games, it's just been the offense, you know. Uh, The offense has just not been great uh, for Decent. wild now. I mean, it starts with a three-point shot. You know, the Cavs are one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to three-point shooting. I believe right now they probably are the worst after that Wolves game. Um, and it, I feel like injuries do play a part in that, you know, concerning that Kevin Love, we haven't seen him play since that, what was it, the second game he got injured. And not having that, he still gives you 15, 15 and at least eight a night. Um, not having that floor spacing right there is tough, considering that our front court now is looking like a Okoro, Nance, and Drummond. Neither of those guys are reliable three-point shooters at this point in their careers. I mean, Okoro could end up being that. Even Nance, you know, we've seen him still, you know, get his three-point shot to form. He could end up being that, but right now it's not looking like that. And it's tough to operate an offense without spacing, especially in this modern-day era because teams can kind of just sag off those guys. And when you got players like Sexton slashing and even Garland slashing at times, you know, the defense can sort of just collapse on them. Um, making them have to, you know, give up or force tough shots or try to make decisions in the air and it's it's tough. It's tough. Even even if the same thing can be said for like the pick and roll, we just aren't really seeing it right now for the Cavaliers. I mean Andre Drummond is just does not want to set screens or even if he does set screens, they're pretty lazy screens. I just have no idea why. But even then in a pick and roll, that's not effective because again, same thing. Because we don't have shooters around these guys, you know, defenses can sort of just sag off of that and helping to pick and roll and stuff, So I feel like it's this displacing, excuse me, the spacing that's really been our main problem right now for both of these games.
0: Yeah. And and you mentioned the spacing. I think it's kind of, it's kind of weird. the, The lack of three point attempts for this team right now, I think during the stretch of time where we had all of the injuries and we were playing a lot of funky lineups with three, even sometimes four big men, it was kind of understandable why they weren't taking as many threes. And now it's, you know, with Garland back in the fold, with Sexton back in the fold, you know, those guys are getting up more than, you know, most other guys in the team. But it, it is just weird to me that they are still as low in three point attempts as they are. Uh, especially in this last game against Minnesota, uh, D- Dylan Windler, in particular didn't even get a shot, only played 13 minutes. Um, and overall, <sighs> I, I think over at least this last, you know, stretch of a couple games, Larry Nance, who is, um, I guess, we'll just say now, this this podcast will be going up after tonight's Timberwolves game. But uh, both Larry Nance and Andre Drummond are out tonight. Larry Nance uh, with his wrist again, and Andre Drummond with back issues, I guess. But um, looking at just Larry Nance in the two, in these two games, uh, back from injury, he just has not looked like himself. He has not looked comfortable shooting the ball against the Knicks. Went zero for five, uh, one for nine from the field. Uh, it didn't take a three last night. Again, was one for three from the field. It really, just kind of looked hesitant out there with the ball. Um, and it was it was kind of clear that he wasn't really comfortable shooting it. So, looking at just him in particular, obviously he wasn't able to provide his usual floor spacing. Again, you look at guys like like Colin and Okoro or Colin and Garland in particular. Um, again, it, Colin's getting in and getting his shots up, but he just seems so. Stuck in those kind of that in, in that mid-range game, which is a very very effective spot for him. But I think you'd like to see him take more than one three in almost thirty-two minutes as well. Uh, Dan, what else has stood out to you as to why the Cavaliers are struggling as much as they are here as of late?
3: Yeah, I think some of it is yeah the injury stuff, and um, it's it's unfortunate because Nance had um, really been shooting it well. Uh, in kind of the second half of this like first quarter of the season um, from deep but those things happen and you just have to have to deal with it but um it, it'll it seems like love should be we would think back relatively soon but you, you really you can't bank on that being a, a be-all um, there but Yeah, I think it's part of it. I just would like to see the Cavs, um, given that Garland, it seems, is a little bit hesitant, just shooting pull-up threes. Uh, Maybe he doesn't want to be be contacted a lot, uh, or at least some on that uh, shoulder. So I'd like to see them utilize guys in kind of relocation and um, getting guys' looks off screens. And I just think that's an area where garland has shown he's he's very capable and i think even with colin there's some there uh where that could be a viable option even if it's a, uh, just a bit um but I, I think with them they need to have i, I think they need to trim Makoro's minutes down objectively um, maybe to tw- maybe just four or five minutes less if they're able to and Uh, But either way, I'd like to see him in there a bunch just from the defensive end. But I think they need to find ways to – I mean, factoring in when Nance and or Drummond are back, um, getting three of uh, Jetty, Okoro, uh, Dylan, and Prince on the floor at the same time, I think for stretches that would help.
2: Yeah. That would certainly help with the
3: spacing, yeah.
2: I just wanted to say, I heard something about the Wolves. I think Okoro is – what, top 10 in minutes played currently? So, yeah, he's playing a lot of heavy minutes. I would, I do agree with Dan on that point, seeing his minutes, you know, come down just a bit.
0: Yeah, and in these last two games, he's been averaging over 32 minutes a game. Uh, I think that has held consistent throughout the season. It, yeah, I'm not, I think he still, you know, deserves to hold on to his starting role. I think for development's sake, he should hold on to his starting role. But when you have this, this, you know, large portion of wings that we were talking about with, you know, guys like Jetty and Tarin and Dylan who – Again, I think Dylan should be getting a little bit more opportunity than he is right now. Uh, and looking at another guy who has kind of been pinched out just a little bit of the rotation, uh, Dan, is Damian Dotson, who played seven minutes in the game against the Timberwolves, none against the Knicks. Uh, we were kind of talking about when guys kind of got healthy, and especially with the departure of Dante Exum and Kevin Porter Jr., how they would kind of handle the, the point guard spot with this team. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of thought it was going to be a lot more Damian Dotson handling those backup point guard minutes. They've kind of opted not to do that. They're just kind of playing Darius Garland as the starting point guard, uh, him and Saxon as the starting backcourt, and then just kind of going with Colin as their backup point guard. Um, obviously, Colin has done an okay job, but I think overall the facilitator, the still the main facilitator role, just isn't exactly where he thrives. Uh, do you think that we should be seeing – and looking at just another one more thing with Dotson is obviously, again, he hasn't been shooting the ball well. But if we just look at guys who, again, are going to take threes and you know just make an impact with their spacing alone, Dotson is another guy who can make an impact there. Uh, do you think they should be looking to get
3: Dotson more involved? Yeah, that's a reasonable take. Um, the Cavs offensively need Sexton in there um, vast majority of the time, as we know. Um, but yeah, I mean he played seven minutes against or Minnesota on Sunday and had, I think he had kind of like a quick 60 spurt there. Um, and then I don't believe went back in the game after that. So um, just with him with what he's been able to do is um, a passer, um, kind of that de facto one um, backup one roll guy. Um. Yeah, I think they need to find ways to uh, get him in there. I th- I just think he's a guy that needs to. Um, you-, you need to find a way to get him. Maybe three spurts a game. I-, I think is kind of, um, to me what seems feasible. And if you have to sit, have Colin kind of sit a little bit. Um, I think that's fine. Um, and even even um playing with maybe. Uh, just kind of have Dotson in there at the two for um, Okoro if he's going to be in the lineups where he's at the two, which he's played a fair amount. Um, but overall, they that's a guy that they need to find a way to, to get involved because he's he's been able to affect games even without his shot falling um, consistently.
0: One more guy I do just kinda of want to look at a little bit more in depth is Darius Garland, obviously another guy who's come off of injury after his, you know, extended absence with shoulder issues, and he's been back for a little while now. Uh played really, really well against the Knicks, uh had twenty-four points on nine to seventeen shooting, four for six from the line or er, from the, the three point line. Also maybe both his free throws. But uh against the uh the Timberwolves really, really struggled again, which a lot of guys did. Uh shot six for fourteen from the field. Only took three threes, went one for three, and, and had seventeen points, but it, it did just look like he was out of rhythm. Uh had four turnovers. It just didn't didn't really look comfortable shooting again from outside. And I Amadou mean, had talked about this a little bit beforehand. Uh I, I think it we're all in agreement that we, that we we, we want to see Darius Garland a little bit more aggressive from outside. Would you agree yeah. with that?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like you said, um against the Knicks, actually had a career high. Um, in that second half, you know, first off he was kind of iffy, but against the Wolves just didn't look like himself. He was over dribbling a lot. Uh, just we're taking shots that were difficult for no reason. It's just, he, he did a lot of things that, you know, we don't, we didn't normally see from him this season, but like you said, only three three point attempts is just not going to cut it, honestly, from a starting, um, point guard at that, a guy who, you know, the reason why the Cavs drafted him was for his shooting. So, would definitely like to see more uh, volume there from that three-point line. And I feel like that would help the team uh, get out of their struggles.
0: Obviously, Andre Drummond is somebody who has been playing overall very, very well. Uh, also had a, a bad night against the Knicks. Had 15 rebounds, but only four points on two seven shooting. Uh, came back and kind of carried the offense against the Timberwolves. Had you know 25 points, 22 rebounds. But again, just on a night where the offense just looked, you know, so bogged down and things were just really, really slow. And it seems like they were just kind of trying to run the offense through Drummond a little bit, maybe a little bit more than they should. Um, and I, I'm not one that just says that, you know, Andre Drummond is the reason that Cleveland's offense is as poor as it is. I think, you know, he's been holding this team, you know, or keeping him afloat through a lot of this. But, Dan, looking at tonight where Andre Drummond isn't going to play, and obviously, again, by the time this podcast goes up, we'll have more of an answer. But how do you expect the offense to look tonight with Allen taking over as the main center and Andre on the bench compared to a normal game where Andre would be in there most of the time?
3: Well, I think it's just, in this case, I mean, the Timberwolves' defense is not very good, so I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, big grain of salt. But I just think when in this sort of situation it show it'll show that um, just projecting onward in the near future it it'll be more about pace, I would imagine, and um, not necessarily just raw pace, but kind of pace in settled offense. Um, I, I just expect there to be more flow. Um, maybe shots won't necessarily fall, but I just think there there will be less um, pounding the air out of the ball um, and just force-feeding post-ups. And I I just think there will be, uh, again, just just more flow and um, just kind of having Allen as that vertical lob threat but also um, helping space the floor for for shooters inside with his rolling presence, not so much uh, needing to force-feed the ball inside. And you mentioned that flow. I think that'll really benefit the guards,
0: um, being Sexton and Garland. Uh, and obviously, it's on them to make shots. But I think having, you know, a system where the ball moves maybe a little bit more than it does with Andre on the floor, and just guys moving along with the ball. I think both of them will benefit from that. And I think overall, just when it comes to creating open looks and guys getting open for three, you know, off off ball movement or whatever. I think overall that the Cavaliers will. Benefit in that regard, and obviously having the inside presence of Andre Drummond is good. And and you, you do mention that they're going up against a Timberwolves team without Karl Anthony Towns. Um, they're, they're, he's going up against and, and Naz Reed, Quite frankly, was another big body for him. He's going up against Ed Davis, who's you know a thinner guy, and Jared Vanderbilt in the post. So you you, you expect him to to get his against a team like that. But um, yeah, looking at
3: you know, I was just gonna say it's it, it with bigger staff kind of saying how, um, in terms of ball movement, uh, just kind of hitting the singles. I think that's kind of what we'll see, and um, I, I don't want to completely knock Drummond here, um, but yeah, trying him trying to hit triples and home runs at times with passes just has been a. I mean, he's not the only one turnover wise, but th- those specifically have been killers.
0: Well, I think. I'll, I'll argue that a little bit on this, stand, uh, And obviously, there are killers, and there's instances where he doesn't even try to make the home run pass, and he just makes a lazy pass to whoever that gets picked off. But um, I thought that Andre made some nice passes in this pass game particularly.
3: Yeah, he, um, he had a couple really nice lead passes, though. I, yeah, I'm, he did. But, like, I'm not talking about as much in the open floor. I mean, those – I I, I – Some of those you have to go for. I mean, I'm not going to grill a guy for that as much. It's just more the uh, where he won't pass it out of doubles and will get an offensive foul and then at times really won't be pressured much and then we will try to thread the needle when there's no needle or just nothing there. So that's kind of what more I'm alluding to. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Um, Obviously, Kevin Love is still out for this team as well. Um, he, I don't think we have an exact timetable as to when he will return, but we know that it's soon. Um, looking at just kind of, and when we talk about kind of the offensive issues with this team, um, and we've talked about in the past how, you know, how, what is Kevin Love exactly going to provide for this team when he comes back? I think that answer is pretty clear now, especially since they're not running the offense, you know, well, I guess I won't say not running the offense through Damian Dotson, but just not letting... Damian Dotson get in as much and kind of be one of the initiators of the offense. I think they could use the added playmaking from Kevin Love. Um, obviously when Larry Nance gets fully healthy, he'll be able to provide some of that as well. But I think just like you said, that, that elbow kind of playmaking um, the, the three point shooting obviously is going to be really, really important for this team. But I'm um, what else are you looking for Kevin Love to do when he gets back? Um, and how do you just think that'll kind of affect the way this team is playing on the court as a whole?
2: Yeah, I think another big thing that Kevin Luck will provide us is rebounding, um, specifically defensive rebounding. The Cavs are 27th right now in defensive rebounds per game. I feel like that's another area he can help us with. And, of course, uh, like like I talked about earlier, it's just the shooting, really, that I'm just looking forward to because uh, I feel like that'll just open the offense up a ton. You know, not having him – I mean, right now we're second in three-point – uh three-point attempts. Second worst team in the league, the makes aren't even there either. It's just it's it's just not been good for us. And I feel like with his addition, just even you know, if it's, it'll be times where you know his shots not falling, just having that person right there that you that the defense has to pay attention to, who they know is a deadly shooter, that just opens the offense up a ton.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, uh, Dan. Anything else that you're looking for from Kevin Love as far as just what you expect from him when he comes back, or just. What do you think
3: he will provide as far as what the Cavaliers really need right now? Yeah, I just think that elbow um, kind of mid-post uh, playmaking ability will will be key for the Cavs. And um, I, I'm just looking forward to see uh, seeing some pick-and-pops from him, which is not really something we, we've been able to have without him. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair point. Looking at, obviously,
0: Andre and, and Jared aren't real pick-and-pop threats. Uh, you've seen that I think in, in limited amounts from Larry, but obviously not in high volume. Um, and when he's when he's struggling to shoot the ball like he is right now, obviously again the wrist injury is the main reason for that. I think that's that's a good point that just having another pick and pop partner for them will again just help increase the spacing so much for this team in a big way. Um, kind of transitioning off of the the last couple games can talk about something a little bit more positive, I guess, uh, as far as All-Stars. The Cavaliers have, I think, a couple of candidates. Um, and they're campaigning for, for you know Larry Nance Jr. as well on Twitter. Uh, hats off. I think he's played great this year, but Larry Nance isn't going to be an All-Star. Um, and to be fair, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be. But I think the two main candidates on this team are Andre Drummond and Colin Sexton. I think Colin Sexton has a more real chance than Andre, but um, just looking at uh, at the current kind of candidates out east, as far as the guards at least, you have James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, um, even guys like Levine, Brogdon, and Russell Westbrook deserve to be in the conversation. I'm um, gonna do. I'll start with you on this one. Does Colin have a real chance at making it into the All-Star game this year?
2: I believe he does, but I feel like he's going to have to stay or at least hover around that 25-point-per-game mark that he was at, you know, towards the beginning of the season. Um, He's kind of uh, regressed a little bit since that 42-point outburst against the Nets in those, I think it was, what, six games since then. He's only averaging 19.5 points uh, shooting just about forty five percent from field. So I feel like if he does want to be an all star, um, he's gonna have to continue to, you know, average that twenty five, twenty six, twenty-seven mark on efficient shooting that we've seen him be able to do this season. Now, personally I don't know if he'll get voted in as a starter because I feel like a fan vote has um a big impact on that. And the Cavs are a small market team. I don't think they have the same amount of, you know, Fan-ed, fan fan voting as, you know, a team like the Nets or something. So I see Kyrie and probably Harden will be starters. There's also Jalen Brown, like you said, but I feel like he definitely has a real, real shot to be to get in as a reserve. I mean, I feel like his only competition there would be like maybe Malcolm Brogdon. And I just say that from a winning aspect because we've seen in the past years, coaches when they're voting on or picking players to come off their bench, they really look at guys who are winning. That's why Bradley Bill didn't make it last season. That's why Zach Levine didn't make it last season. That's why uh, Devin Booker was an injury replacement last year. You know, it's about winning. And right now, the Cavs, they are the seventh seed in the East. So I feel like if, you know, the Cavs stay afloat and if Kevin Love, I mean, excuse me, Colin Sexton continues to, you know, give us that steady 24, 25 a night. I feel like he definitely has a real shot to be an all-star this season.
0: Hey, everyone. The NBA season is underway, and there is no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under, based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today, or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up, and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today, Dan. I'll spin this over to you. Uh, are you in agreement with Amadou? And uh, do you think that Andre Drummond has any chance at this point of being an all-star?
3: Yeah, I, I'm. I agree with him um, for the most part. It's it's got to be around um, with Colin. I think the key is efficiency, really, and um, it, it's got to be that 24-25 area, um, and Yeah, I think with him, it's it's just the Cavs have to be, um, I I think have to be like in a a top six seed in the East at least um, for him to really get strong consideration. And there's just so many guys in the East right now um, at those guard spots where it's just going to be tough for him to get in. Um, You would think the Cavs have a really brutal stretch coming up here, Um, so that that's pretty tough. But, um. Yeah, with Andrew Drummond, I just, I really just don't see it at all. Um, I think people also will probably read into that the Cavs have been so injury depleted, um, at least for a good stretch of the year, um, those first like 10, 11 games. So, yeah, I just, I, I don't really see that as a realistic possibility at all. Looking at, yeah, front court options for the East, you have Katie Giannis,
0: and Embiid, I think, are pretty much locked up as the starters. Uh, And then Middleton and Tatum are going to make it. I think a guy like Sabonis is going to make it. Uh, Maybe
3: Vooch? Vooch. I was going to say, Vooch probably deserves
0: it as well. And then you're kind of left with the wild card spots, and I think that there are too many more guards that are deserving of it as well. And you have guys like, even in the front court, you have guys like uh, Jeremy Grant, who's been impressive, uh, Gordon Hayward, Julius Randle, Bam Adebayo even. So it's going to be – Andre Drummond would have to go insane. (laughs) <laughs> in the month of February, to you know, get that nod. But uh, looking at uh, at Colin Sexton in particular, would you two say that the four of Kyrie, Harden, Jalen, and Beal are a lock, assuming they stay healthy?
2: Uh, yeah, over probably.
1: Sexton?
2: Yeah. You gonna- well, you said over Sexton, but I wanted to point out: how does the All Star game work for a player who's coming from the West to the East, like Harden? Isn't there still? It's like they essentially get reset either way, correct? I think that's how it works.
0: I'm actually not exactly sure. I just figured they would just take the cumulative stats from the year. I, I, I'm not sure on that. I'm just assuming. But that's how
3: I thought it worked. Yeah, I, it might impact – that might be for fan voting for the starters. But, I, I mean, Grant, I just I just think regardless, he'll get in um, as a lock anyway, just because of the usage that he'll, that he'll be able to have even – um, but yeah, that's that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I just, I don't know how I, I feel like the NBA, the way it is, um, especially in that market size, I just, I don't know how there, there's any way that he, he and Kyrie do get in. Yeah.
0: Um, and then I think at that point you are looking at Zach Levine, Malcolm Brogdon and Russell Westbrook as the, the main competition for kind of those wild carton. Backup guard spots. Ben Simmons as well, I guess. I didn't even Trae think about Ben Simmons. And Trey Young. Yeah, in the that's border. the other one I was
3: just about yeah, to say. I mean, yeah, I didn't
0: even I didn't make a complete list. But yeah, so I think Trey Young is probably a lock as well. Um and then that leaves you with, yeah, uh Ben Simmons, Levine, Brogdon, Russ, and Colin. So there's maybe definitely even some competition Bill as well. there. What, I understand.
2: That? Maybe even Bradley Bill, I understand you the know, Wizards are the worst team in the Eastern Conference, but Well, I was considering Bradley Beal
0: as one of my locks.
2: Oh, okay, 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 okay. Got you on that.
3: Yeah, with
0: with Harden, Jalen, and Kyrie, I think. Okay, I think at this point, Beal has it. Even if he's on a losing team, I don't think that the NBA is going to make the mistake of leaving twice.
3: Yeah,
2: true. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: But um, yeah, I think Kyrie is firm, or not Kyrie. Colin is firmly in the mix right now. So obviously, there's still plenty of time to play out. Um, I think. Colin getting a little bit of media attention, especially after that outburst against the Nets, uh, will help his case as far as fan voting. Um, obviously, you know, a guy like Zach Levine is a fan favorite as well. And there's other guys there, Russell Westbrook, who are going to get votes, um, Trey Young, Ben Simmons, and others. But uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you haven't voted for All-Stars today, go vote. Vote Colin. Uh, help the cause. Looking ahead at one more thing here I want to talk about before we get into tonight's game. Lonzo Ball is somebody who has been on the trade market, um, and there's no real rumors that the Cavaliers have interest in him right now. I think the the Warriors and the Bulls are the two teams that at least are reported to be interested in him right now. Lonzo is in the final year of his rookie scale deal. Um, he's making $11 million this year. Uh, he'll be a restricted free agent after the season. When I look at him, and again, I'm not sure exactly. I, I don't. Again, when I talk about potential trade candidates like this, I don't ever expect these guys to, to you know, get traded to the Cavaliers. But this is one that I kind of like. Uh, kind of, especially again, looking at the lack of kind of point guard or you know even combo guard depth on this team. I think having a guy like Lonzo in the mix, either off the bench or in a starting role, I think he's somebody who can play really, really well. Next to either Darius Garland or Colin Sexton, again, would give them a real point guard when Darius is off the floor, especially if the plan isn't to play Damien Dotson. Um, Before we get into what potential deals might look like, Dan, how do you like the potential fit of Lonzo on this team?
3: Yeah, I think you really hit the the nail on the head. Um, A guy that can probably play staggered between or be a staggering kind of presence between those two guys. Um, I, I think he's. Uh, I believe he's 23 still. Um, has size, uh, good defender. Um, maybe his has kind of declined a, t- a tad bit in terms of on-ball defense in the last two years, but um, still, still a good defender um, overall. Really smart player, um, and we just. He's just a physical presence, uh, and I just think could um, kind of help out, help generate some three-point looks for other guys um, pretty well. And a, a guy that I think just moving forward allow the Cavs to play at a quicker pace. And, yeah, it'd, it'd definitely be an intriguing uh, guy to go after for sure. Just kind of going back to the fit with both uh, Colin
0: and Garland, I think next to Garland, he can play. I, I I like him because I think he can kind of play that on or off ball role. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced that he's at his best as the only ball handler and only like only like ball handling guard on the floor when he's out there. But I think again next to next to Garland, he doesn't have to be that. He can just kind of be a, a you know a primary or secondary playmaker off of him, and then when he's on the floor with Colin. Again, Colin can kind of take care of the the ball handling and scoring loaded along next to him. And uh, again, Lonzo can just kind of continue to make plays as well there. His shooting is something that has been a concern. Obviously, he kind of, you know, has been working on his form over the past couple of years. Uh, He fixed the, you know, really ugly across the face kind of wacky form that he had before. Uh, it, It looked really, really good. Uh, last season in his first year with the Pelicans, uh, really kind of fell off a cliff in the bubble with them, and that has carried over into this season. Um, still some hope, I think, that that shot could recover. Uh, I'll, I'll say it again. Cavaliers have a history of working with guys with you know questionable shots and kind of turning them around, so there's some hope there. Uh, and I think he has made you know strides, even with you know the poor shooting percentages he has right now. He has made strides in New Orleans as well. Uh, Amadou, how do you like the fit of Lonzo Ball in Cleveland?
2: Yeah, I feel like the fit will be great. Like you guys said, um, just Lonzo having that ability to play on-ball and off-ball will be great for both the young guards, like um, him playing alongside Darius. I feel like he'd probably be better playing alongside Colin Sexton, and you can stagger those two minutes, like, you know, whenever JB starts the game off, you know, with Darius and Sexton – and he would take out Sexton to play alongside Dotson. I feel like right there is when you could take out Garland to play alongside uh, Ball. Alonzo Ball is a great defender. He has you know sort of regressed, like you said, over the last couple of years. But you know I feel like in Cleveland it could ramp back up. Um, his three-point shot is I don't know right now. It's kind of it's kind of inconsistent right now. Last year we really saw the takeoff, but this year he's taking a step back. I don't know if that's due to the fact that uh, he has a new system with Stan Van Gundy. Either way, that's something that definitely should be talked about. Uh, playmaking off the bench is something that the Cavs could use. And, yeah, I don't feel like – I feel like if you tried to trade for him right now, I don't think his trade value is high, so it wouldn't really cost too much. I feel like you can still keep your core players while maybe giving us some future picks and such. Or you can just look to sign him in free agency. Uh, he is a restricted free agent this year, and I don't know if the Pelicans will look to retain him. Either way, I feel like it would be a good get for the Cavaliers.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to mention that I, I think his value is kind of at an all-time low right now as far as his time in the NBA. I, I would be a little bit if, – if the Cavaliers were really, truly interested in him, I think the, the way to get him is to trade for him. Uh, hoping that he lasts on the Pelicans until free agency this year is a risk because I think that there are other teams out there that will trade for him. But, um, yeah, looking at just what his trade value is, you kind of said you know, someone who maybe isn't uh, – core piece of the team and some draft compensation dan would you agree that that's kind of where his value is at right now as a player
3: well i don't know i mean if i'm the Cavs, just given projecting down the road um i think there's if i'm them i mean i'm I'm strongly considering maybe a, a combo forward in the next draft um, and I just think at some point you have to consolidate as far as the wings if they do look to add another one. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think maybe – I know that he's played pretty well for a good amount of the year, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Ball could really fit in in the near future with the Cavs or, or wanting the culture they're trying to build. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd consider maybe like an Osman and – Javale McGee for ball. Um, if if you're confident he can be a guy uh, that can fit into what you want to do long term, which I think he could, um, and I like Jetty again. Uh, Javale has done a nice, pretty nice job, I think, in what we've asked him to do this year. But it does seem like he's, I mean, he's not going to be a guy you're looking at in the near term, really, after the year at minimum. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a possible package there that you'd have to at least consider. Um, just because Jetty's never going to be like a starter, really, um, long-term. And at some point, you have to consolidate the wings. If they were going to look to a combo forward, maybe 3-4 guy in the draft, and there are a plethora of them. So yeah, and, and with the Pelicans, I get that they have Adams there, um, and or Jackson Hayes, but they could just wave one of the guys, uh, maybe like a Nico, Nico Melli. They could wave Willie Hernan Gomez. I
0: think Win and Gabriel is also on their roster.
3: Yeah, so. yeah, I was gonna say either him or Gabriel is fine. So I don't know. That's just something they should definitely consider, I guess. If the offer were there.
0: And even if they aren't interested in a guy like Javale McGee, they wouldn't have to take him on. You could just do a jetty for Lonzo straight up, and I think there would have to be some draft compensation involved there. I'm not sure yeah. exactly what it would be like. With that, maybe yeah. a, a future first and a future second, I don't know exactly, but you could do that. You could do Tarion Prince if that's something that New Orleans is more interested in. Um, I'm would not sure exactly what they would be more interested in, but what are you saying? Well would you rather would you rather have Jetty or Prince? I think that's a that's an interesting question. If I'm the Pelicans, it's, I might want Jetty. Because I think I think they would. One, he's making less money per year. Uh, two, I believe he's still a little bit younger,
3: right? Yeah, I think he's twenty-five. Prince is I think twenty-seven, maybe next one. Twenty six,
0: maybe. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, he's a little bit younger and Again, just looking at the the desperate need for the Pelicans, again, kind of in a similar situation to the Cavs, is just three-point shooting. And getting a little bit of wing depth with them would be a win as well. Uh, They have Josh Hart. They have, you know, Brandon Ingram, obviously. But they are a little bit thin on the wing. So I think having a guy who could just kind of come in and play limited minutes like Jetty and just come in and put up two, three threes a game, I think that that would fit in really, really well with them. So... I would be happy with a guy like Jetty again. If they if they wanted Torian Prince, they could go there as well. But I think looking at those two guys for the Cavs, um, Torian and Jetty in particular, I would say, especially if in a deal where you could get a guy like Lonzo, both of them are expendable. Right, Amadou? Uh,
2: talking about Prince and Osman, correct? Yes. Yes. I would say both are expendable. So I feel like a trade right there. It isn't, you know, too hindering on this year's success. But another point that I wanted to, you know, give to you guys is what would a ball extension look like? What if a team is out there this summer and looks to throw 15 to $17 million his way? Are you willing to match that contract to bring him back if it is for a backup role?
0: That was kind of what I wanted to get into next. Yeah, yeah. Um... I say fifteen to seventeen
2: a year, yeah. For Lonzo, maybe I feel like Ugh. Ugh. there's still something there with Lonzo. I feel like I don't know. I just think this current situation isn't good for him. I mean, you know, he's a guy who strives off being on ball, you know, as a facilitator. But he's playing alongside Brendan Ingram and Zion, who both are very ball dominant themselves, and it's just an awkward fit all around. I mean, he's playing alongside Eric Bledsoe at times, and it seems like they're already kind of have like pushing him out the way they their drafting of Kai Lewis. There's also a Alexander Walker. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like this fit with the Pelicans has been weird. If there's a team out there that still believes that he has something to provide, you know, I mean, he's good at facilitating, you know, his defense is, is there. Shooting is up and down, but I feel like that in a new situation that could return to what it was last season, I feel like a team could definitely give him, you know, anywhere between 15 to $17 million a year. Oof. Was... He's...
3: Where he's... Go ahead and say what you're saying. I don't know, I was just thinking kind of the maybe like three for thirty three and maybe like the third year being a team option type. Um, but I I mean I get where you're coming from and I and I like Lonzo, but yeah, I just ugh, I, I'm not giving up more than I, I wouldn't be giving him more than ten a year if I'm if I'm a You Cavs. wouldn't be
0: giving him more than ten a year.
3: No, probably Probably not. I, I'm not that high on him. I mean, well, I'm just, like, is he, oh, I, I just don't, I don't, I question if he can be a legit starter for a team long-term. I, I, ugh, I don't know.
0: One, I'll say this, I think that Lonzo can be a starter. I think the shooting right now is obviously very rocky, but I think that'll kind of work itself out to be kind of a mid to low 30s thing, which I think will be good enough for him. And I think he does everything else well enough to where, yeah, he can be a starter, especially. I mean, the Cavs aren't going to be a championship contending team. I I, I definitely think you'd have to see how it shakes out, but I think he could push Garland for the starting, you know, backcourt spot on this team. Yeah, Um, that's fair. And I just want to say as well, again, that 15 to 7 range, 15 to 17 range might sound kind of high at first, I guess, but that was kind of where I was kind of thinking as well. Yeah, uh, Dan, off the top of your head, do you know how much Markel Fultz got mm, in the first year exactly of his well, I, was going to,
2: I was going to bring up.
0: The guys. first year, second year, and third year. But Do you know how much he got in his extension
3: per year? Was that what it was? I, I can't remember.
2: Honestly. 16 and yeah. a half. He got 16 and a half. Okay. Three yeah. years, 50 million. So that was the contract that I was kind of thinking of football, too. <sighs>
3: Yeah, I just, uh, I, I think, to me, I, I just, there's just so many, he's so hesitant as a shooter still, and especially in the pick and roll, like, he's just not, like, off the bounce is just, just, like, zilch. There's not a whole lot there. Yeah, And the, just the way, I mean, I didn't, his shot form has improved some, but, I mean, I understand people don't like mid-range shots, but you have to be able to at least have the chance to take them, and he can't even really take them at all, just because of that how it is and is i mean he, he can't even shoot going right like just can't shoot at all and i i just to me there's just too many limitations there i i, I like what he brings defensively i like his size but to me i i'm not shelling out that much money for a backup and to me i i just i'd rather the Cavs, frankly get like a guy like jalen green if you're looking for a garland upgrade like long-term I'm not tying I'm not betting it on uh, betting that kind of form on Lonzo because that A, B, Collins probably going to get an extension, t- and then C. I, I just like Jalen Green, or I like Josh Christopher as kind of an alter, a cheaper alternative potentially. Guys like that, um, and Amadou has even honestly touched on Miles McBride. I, I think if if you're thinking backup, I would just rather than draft one. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Okay, so I I would still be 100% on board if the, if the Cavaliers were able to do this. I think if he even if he is a backup, he is a high-level backup, and I, I guess I do think—
3: Would, would he buy into a, being a high-level backup, though? I, that I also question. I think you would have to.
0: I, I like, you, you mentioned, uh, is he a starter in the NBA? I, where, is he going to get starting jobs other places? Again, I think he legitimately can. But I also think that there's a really fair chance that wherever he is next, he might have to come off the bench. So I think – I don't think that Lonzo is that big of a head case. Uh, I think he's a sure enough player. I'm not saying. I, I, so. I think that he would – well, it, you would be bringing LeVar Ball to Cleveland, and that, that's a whole other discussion. But, yeah, I think, again – and, and I, like I said, what I think, yes, he would buy into a prominent role off the bench – and two, I think he would be able to push Darius for a starting spot. So, I would be all
2: on board for it. That's just me, though. That's fair. Yeah, I think I think I might side with Dan here. I don't know. I feel like if you're trading for Alonzo, you would have wanted to be he has multiple years left on his deal. And then even then, I don't feel like you'd get him. If he had multiple years left on his deal for just awesome in a future pick, if you're going to trade for him and then – you're going to have to resign him for 15 or more mil whip. Colin Sexton's extension coming up with Jared Allen's extension coming up. I just feel like you pass right there.
0: It definitely does get a little bit pricey. And I think at that point, again, there's no chance that Andre comes back. I, I think that's already kind of the case. But I think especially if you were going to go out and find oh, Alec like Lonzo no. and extend him. Yeah, Allen's extension too has got to be factored in. But I think that's where you're looking like – Desperately trying to get off Kevin Love, like at that point you might almost be willing to give up assets to get off of Kevin Love, just because you need to. I I mean, I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head, you know, where they're at in comparison to the luxury tax after a a Colin extension and uh, um, Tarian or not Tarian, uh, Jared Allen and Lonzo extension. That does start to get expensive, but overall, I'm a fan of the idea. Um, guys, we play the Timberwolves again tonight. Um, I think we had all kind of predicted that they would win this game. Last pod, uh, things have changed again. Carl Anthony Towns is out tonight. Um, Anthony Edwards had a career game last game. Dan, I'll start with you on this one. What's going to happen tonight? Are the Cavs going to turn it around? Uh, they going to figure something out with, you know, a couple of guys out or is it going to be more of the same?
3: Well, I think there'll be a lot of scoring, um getting up and down, I think a lot of bad defense. Um but I think it'll be fun and there'll be more free-flowing uh offense and I think um there'll be kind of less matchup hunting. It'll be um uh, more of them moving the ball. Um and I think Allen will buy in more is that screener roller type and uh there'll probably be some headaches here and there or head scratching plays which happen it tends to happen but um, I, I think they'll pull it out uh, I, I don't know what the uh I guess I don't know what the line is for what the wolves would be getting but um, for this one but I think they'll bounce, they'll win probably by I don't know eight or nine or something like that uh, and I, I think it'll just show that um, Allen is kind of a long-term guy that can kind of just blend in. I'm gonna do. How are you feeling about tonight?
2: Yeah, I agree with what Dan. Said I feel like Allen will show that he's that long-term guy and that he's, you know, he's here to stay. He's built in. I feel like some of the offensive woes that we saw last game won't be seen today again. Considering that, you know, like we, like me and you talked about um previous pod, Justin. Uh, Larry Nance didn't really look like himself. We have Torian Prince starting. That was just announced, um, like 10 minutes ago. So he
0: more starting? spacing okay. there.
2: Yeah, more spacing there. Um, I feel like just just how the offense was. I feel like Sexton would be more aggressive. Hopefully Garland will be more aggressive, and I feel like we'll pull a win out. I don't I don't know if it'll be convincingly, but I will say that I feel like it would be between that five to 10 point range.
0: I'm with you on that. I think the Cavaliers are going to squeeze it out tonight. Um, obviously, we'll see. But um, it's 8.02 right now. Uh, they're just about to start. I want to talk about one more thing before we get out of here, guys. Another former Cavalier, along with Norvel Pell, signing with the Nets. I just have to get your takes real quick. Amon Schumpert getting another contract with the Nets. Amadou, you like Amon Schumpert back in the league? How do you like
2: that signing for the Nets? Just real quick. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm always for um, a former Cav getting another shot in the league, especially one who was part of the team during that 2016 championship. Iman Shumpert uh, had a decent role with us during that time. I think he was uh, he previously played for the the Rockets. Was okay there. Um. <laughs> you do that. know. But um, yeah. <laughs> keep going. Yeah, I, I always like people getting another shot. I feel like he can provide them with defense. Don't know about spacing really. Uh he wasn't he wasn't ever really a, just a knockdown shooter in his career, but overall, I like the signing.
0: I agree with you there. Uh yeah, I think just the defensive presence and another guy there on the perimeter is going to be important for them. Um, I'm not sure if Iman's going to play Amon, Iman is going to play a big role for this team, but I'm just happy to see the guy back in the league. Uh, he kind of bounced around a little bit with with Sacramento and Houston and, he was and Brooklyn for on the a Nets, stretch right? last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Nets, he was yeah. fine for the Nets yeah. last year, and I yeah. think you know, you're not sure exactly when to get you're going to get from him shooting wise. But if you just look at the you know the point totals that the Nets have been giving up, just getting anything as far as a perimeter defender is going to be really really important for this team. Um, Dan, I know we lost you there for a second. But uh, I just had to get your take real quick before we get out of here on uh, former Cavalier, Iman Schumper getting another contract.
3: Yeah, I mean, he was seemed like a great podcast guest. I don't know how that will impact that, but um, it's it's good to know for him. He uh, was always a good guy. Um, just kind of was up and down shooting-wise, but um, can kind of create off-the-bounce a little bit for you. Um has has some bounce to him as well. I, I hope he can stay healthy because um, that was kind of an issue with him at times. But um, just a really, uh, I would imagine, culture guy, I would think, would help with the um, Kyrie element, which is always kind of a wild card. Um, but uh, I, I'm happy for him. It's, it's good that he's back in the league. All right. Well, with that, the
0: Cavs Timberwolves game is just about to start, so we're going to get out of here. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amadou, as always, for hopping on. Thank you out there so much for listening. If you enjoyed, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And uh, we will see you next time. You guys all get five stars from me.
2: Vote for Appreciate Colin Sexton you, for the All-Star Game. And vote for and Colin oh, Sexton. Right.
0: Vote for Jetty Osmond. So vote for vote everyone. For Why not? Why not? Yeah. Vote, vote for, for everyone.
1: to get started.
0: Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.